Hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. So just as Jesus people can't say there's no such thing as relative truth, culture can't say there's no such thing as absolute truth. But that's exactly what it's trying to do, because the existence of absolute truth is a necessary foundation of Christianity. And God didn't mince words about it when, when it comes to our eternal destination. He said there's only one truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So just as there is absolute truth when it comes to our eternity, there are also some truths that are absolute when it comes to our lives on this earth. And those truths, they're also under attack. They don't come easy. They're hard-earned. Things like faith and humility, generosity and joy, and one I wanna to talk to you about today in a message we're calling Confidence versus Insecurity. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church here in Green Bay. And you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the most Kermit, current, Kermit, the most Kermit sermon series. Uh, hi ho. <laughs> That's my best Kermit. <laughs> anyway, our most current sermon series. Right now we're in time tested truths. And I'm just really excited about today's message. Joining me today is my friend Hannah Vanden Y. Mellenberg. And uh, we're going to, I feel like a lot of people might even know you by your face, but maybe they don't know you know you. Because you might know her as Hannah Rose because she like is everywhere in the area because she's a really gifted musician um, and she's just fantastic. Uh, but maybe, Hannah, Thanks. why don't you just tell us a little bit about you? Thank you. Uh, yeah, me. Um, so my journey, I started out in church, grew up in church. Um, I started and was baptized Catholic and my parents raised me Catholic. Um, my mom was a choir instructor in church. There's those roots of music. Um, I grew up uh, just surrounded by hymns and and um, the love of Jesus and that message. Mm. Um, I I ended up at Life Church though. Um, I absolutely love it here. Um, during college, I started attending another church near Minnesota where I was going to college. Mm called Substance Church, very much like Life Church here. I see. Non-denominational, um, young people, crowd. I just loved the energy. Mm. Um, and it, I felt like I was able to connect a little bit better in this atmosphere than um, the Catholic Church I grew up in, although I had a great experience in the, my Catholic Church personally. And, I, and my parents still go there and we go. But um, I love Life Church. I've been going here... Um, as a member now, I would say uh, probably just over a year. I did the adult baptism oh, and whatnot yeah. about a year ago. It was, it, it was super special for me. Um, but I was kind of attending here and there because I do have to travel a lot. Yeah. So um, I, I was kind of a in and out member um, before that for three years or so. Yeah. Um, being on the road a lot, you know, with COVID, I mean, we all have to kind of watch the sermons, but I'm, I'm a huge sermon watcher on YouTube. I'm a huge YouTuber, sermon junkie. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. So when you grew up, did you grow up around here? Are you from this part of? Yes. Yes. I actually live 20 minutes away from this deep here location. I went to Wrightstown High School. No kidding. Yep. Yep. Wow. So, uh, locally raised. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And so, then um, let, can we talk a little bit about the Catholic upbringing part? Is that yeah, okay? absolutely. Because a lot of people like, this is probably 
one of the most different ways to do church than from the Catholic faith? I mean, I feel mm. like Catholics and Lutherans are almost like related. They're like kissing cousins. They are, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, not like, I don't mean that in a way, like, please That's don't be funny. offended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, like, what was that like for you? Like, because this wasn't mm. your first experience. You had said that your first experience was over when you were going to school in Minneapolis. But like, so even there, like, what was that? Like, how did, yeah. did it, was it, was it hard for you to reconcile that? Um, it wasn't for me, actually. No, uh, I guess I grew up with all the traditions and all those things, and I always thought they were cool and beautiful. Um, I Like any kid, you know, you get you get a little bored sometimes. Yeah. Um, but when I went to the church in Minnesota with uh, my brother was already going and I had friends going, um, the Holy Spirit was just truly there and touched me every single time. I went to those services in a way where when the Holy Spirit touches my heart, I cry. Mm. And then, and luckily the lights are low and people are worshiping <laughs> and they can't see you. Yeah. Um, because I'm a shy, cry, I'm a shy crier. I don't want people to see me. <laughs> like, Holy Spirit, cut that out. <laughs> cut that out. I'm getting embarrassed here. But no, I, it was just really real. I think, uh, I, growing up in the country, I mean, I even felt God when I would go in the woods and yeah. take walks and spend that intimate time with Him. So I knew God isn't in one building; He isn't in one one thing. And even the word Catholic means universal. I I believe Christians truly are universally connected. Yeah. Um, and we shouldn't really put them in a box. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Love that. So I've always felt that way. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your career. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, so I decided to become a full-time musician about three years ago, but music has always been in my life, as I mentioned. I did go to college for music. I studied music education at River Falls, Wisconsin, and I also did one year in Nashville, Tennessee at Tennessee State University, when I studied uh, music performance, commercial music. And that was where my heart really was, but we didn't have a program here in Wisconsin that really did that. That's yeah. why I did that in one year down there. But um, I ended up being a music teacher for two years. I was an elementary music teacher, loved the kids, loved the creativity. Um, but I, I just know, you know, I think God had it on my heart to perform sure. and create in a different way than that. And so I, I had to follow my heart because after two years of doing the elementary music, I was feeling pretty empty. Mm. And it wasn't where I was supposed to be. Yeah. So God was gently leading me towards the performing full time, opening up doors so I could do that with different groups that I could do that with. Um, I performed with a dinner theater show. That was a huge part of me being able to move and transition into performing full time. I see. And they're incredible family too. Christian family, Christian shows. Uh, they do a gospel show. We do a bunch of different ones, but. Mm. That was a huge blessing. I've just felt super blessed being on this journey. And, and little by little, God's kind of developing me and leading me, I always feel like, uh, in that. Um, just got to get my 10,000 hours in, I always say. I'm just trying to get better every day. But being able to do what I love and as my profession, my profession being my passion, there's there's no going back once you get a taste of that. Yeah. I feel like you're kind of a big fish in a little pond right now. Oh, I feel thanks. like, you know, when I think about, I mean, like I love the venues that you play. Like mm -hmm. you can always find her like at Narrow Bridge or at yeah, Plank like, Road Pub. Plank Road. Yeah. And so like, I feel like you're always playing locally. I just feel like it's just going to be, you know, it's not 
a matter of time, right? Before like we're going to lose all that and then we'll just never see you again. <laughs> Unless you're on a tour bus stopping at the rush center. Well, so thank you. anyway, she's really gifted. If you have a chance to go see uh, Hannah Rose, uh, that's like your stage name, right? Because Hannah Van and Y Mellenberg is a lot yes. to say from the stage. I, I thought that might not go over so well. Yeah. So I go by my first and middle name, Hannah Rose. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, you can always <laughs> find where Hannah Rose is playing. She's fantastic. She's just fantastic. But we're not Thanks. here for Hannah Rose today. We're here to talk about the sermon, so let's just yeah. uh, let's just jump in um, to that first uh, soundbite, and we'll talk about that. I'm insecure about my past. I'm insecure about my failures, and I'm insecure about my successes. I'm insecure about coming across too successful because people might think I'm doing something wrong, or that I've compromised the message for the sake of having a big church. Insecurity. I live my life tethered to insecurities and sometimes trapped in anxiety, even though the Gospel of Matthew tells us not to be anxious about our lives. And the book of Philippians tells us not to be anxious about anything. Etymologically, the word insecure means not safe. So at their core, insecure people don't feel safe. I feel like as a performing artist, like this might resonate with you. Cause I know as a, and I don't know that I'd call myself a performing artist, but like people pay me for what I do, yeah. like the way that I perform, yeah. you know, as a photographer and, and any number of things. But like, I feel like that might resonate with you. This idea of like, I'm not really confident in this part of like what I do. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. going to be, I, I can see where that would be like the loudest thing that you'd think that people see or hear, you know, like, right. do you struggle with insecurity? Like in, as you're pursuing music? You know, um, I never had a lot of issues with insecurity or anxiety, um, but the moments I do, and like recently I've felt that way, so it's interesting that we ended up talking about this, but I would say when I I have the confidence I need to get up and do what I need to do, whether it's performing music or, or just having peace and joy in your heart instead of anxiety about everyday life, um, that it comes from knowing the truth you know that that is the root the pastor was really he he did a great job of saying that and that the confidence comes from the truth of knowing god is there that we we have we are able to have joy god is there to protect us we don't need to worry and when we're grounded in that we aren't going to struggle with the uncertainties and anxieties because we know that that is there and fills us up. I mean, um, it's kind of a metaphor. Like if I get up on stage, I'm going to be really nervous about a new song I'm trying. Mm, Yeah. Unless I, I prepared and practiced and, you know, did it a few times, then I'm going to maybe be really excited to share that new song. So it's kind of like, I know that I have that safety. I know I have that security because I know what I have beneath me. I have that time. I have the truth of that I practice. Right. The truth that you that you are certain of because you've gone through the experience of it. Like yeah. Right. And yeah. so like, there's no doubt about it. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, like I know that I've nailed this. There's no reason for me to have doubt or be insecure because I know the truth that I've got it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love that. I feel like as a person. Like I'm rife with insecurity. My whole life has just been one insecurity after another. We were talking about this last night uh, downtown, and <clears throat> there was this guy talking about 
how he had insecurities. And I'm looking at the guy and he's like super tall, super fit, super good looking, right? All the things that I don't feel like I am. Um, and so like, I'm like, I, my first reaction to him was like, shut up, dude. Like with your, in, you're insecure. What are you even talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, as though like his insecurities are less valid than mine because I know what mine are and I live mine. And I'm like, I don't see anything worth being insecure about in you. Right. And so like, I don't, there's yeah. no, okay, what do you mean? You got a great car. You got beautiful kids. You got a beautiful wife. You got a mm-hmm. great job. You, what are you talking about your insecurities for? Yeah. And I, get, I shouldn't be concerned about other people's insecurities. <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got enough. And like, I love what you said about the truth because I mean, I'm, I'm old, uh, older anyway. And I feel like it's taken me 50 years to figure out that I'm not who people say that I am or who people don't say that I am. Mm-hmm. Like I got to stop waiting for the people that whose opinion of me I revere or who, uh, whose opinion of me that I cherish for them to say something nice about me because then I'll feel like if they don't say something nice, that must mean it's not true. Mm. And so I must not have anything being worth being proud of or whatever the opposite of insecure. Secure about, I guess, yeah. the opposite of secure. I'm so dumb. Oh, anyway, no. But no. like I just feel like, you know, like it took me 50 years to figure that out, that it that, you know, my worth – the truth of my worth isn't like what my wife says about me or what my dad had said about me or what my pastor says about me or what my boss says about me, that the truth of my life is who God says that I am. And he's really yes. quite clear in his word and in his, and in how he speaks to me, you know, like, I mean, he isn't like Scott, he's not like that, but like he shows me things, mm-hmm. you know. Like and when, impression on your yes, heart. Yes. And everything that he says to me is like, you are so great, man. Yes. You are so great. But then I won't listen to that voice. I'd rather listen to my own voice that tells me you're not great. Which the pastor talks about too. And that was so good. And I know what gives me the restoration of, you know, basically you lose your anxiety, you lose all these insecurities. The moment that happens is when you remind yourself of that, right? Yeah. When you remind yourself, oh man, God said not to worry because he he loves you and you know he does good for those who love him yep. those are the truths That's that it. we need to fight the lies with yeah and those lies are in society all the time that's what he's talking about like hey if you don't have this many followers if you aren't this good looking if you aren't this fit if you aren't eating perfect if you aren't buying the right things or owning the right things or having this image a lot of those are the messages that we're seeing all the time on billboards, on social media, right. in magazines, everywhere you look. It's just uh, in your face. So if you get a little off track, like we all do, into thinking, oh, man, like that person's got – they're doing better than I am. I got to yeah. do better. Or or if you get down on yourself, I'm not as good as them. They, that's That's because you're starting to let a lie become your truth. Instead of reminding yourself, no, the truth is actually this. And then you can be, then I feel like it's instant. It's all of a sudden, boom, joy is there again. And God is so excited to give you full of joy. You know, the truth is we can be full of joy all the time. And I loved your message, by the way. Oh, thanks. That was wonderful. Um, and, and, you know, even when the disciples were in prison, they were full of joy. So, we can actually be full of joy all the time. And I think it is a great indicator when we feel anxious or insecure to remind ourselves, ooh, oops, I'm letting a lie creep into my heart. Let me remind my heart of this truth. Yeah, so good. So, yeah. 
Why do you think so many teenagers are insecure? Have you ever been on social media? It's a breeding ground for insults and insecurity. And there's lots of stuff that can cause insecurity, but those things are simply symptoms. But the source of insecurity? It's in our failure to fully trust God. Yeah, I feel like that. I mean, like, I feel like we just said that, right? That, 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 but we don't because, mm. you know, the things that God says, unless we start digging deeper into our faith, the things that God says are limited to what it says in the Bible, which most of us don't read. And when we do try to read it, we grab our parents' King James Version mm. and try to read what God says about us in there. We don't understand it. So we're like, God's so confusing. Who I am in God is so confusing. Why does he have to make it so hard? And God doesn't want that at all. Like God yeah. doesn't want confusion at all. It's really quite clear. And so like, like trying to find what God says about you in the Bible, like that's not enough. Like for me, I've got to do it in a number of different ways. Like I've got to do it in that. I've got to do it like in prayer. Like I've got to spend time mm. in prayer. And again, it's never like Scott, you know, it's never like that. <laughs> but like, I just, I know that when I can quiet my mind, I feel like there's just something there that happens. And it's, how did you call it? It's like an impression on my heart. Something yes. like that? Yeah. And then I need to spend time like with, with Jesus people. Like, I don't mean about like making blankets in the church basement. I mean, like having, <laughs> having like Jesus friends that you spend time around that, that care yes. about you and care about Jesus. So you know that, I mean, you can still sit around and smoke and drink or swear or whatever you're doing, as long as they're Jesus people, that, 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 <laughs> that, that that's not, you know, you don't have to be like all super holy to know what God has for you. That if you have friends that love you and love Jesus, be around those friends. Mm -hmm. If you have friends that like don't love Jesus or think that the fact that you acknowledge Jesus is stupid or that they don't live a life that expresses their love for Jesus, yeah. then like you got to like, I'm not saying you got to walk away from those things, but like start building another set of people that yeah. do love you and love Jesus. Cause yes. those are the ways that God tells me who I am because I need, you know, you just said something sweet to me. You're like, Oh, and by the way, I'm Joe. I really loved your message. I was really kind. Right. Like you're a Jesus person. You love Jesus. Yes. I feel like you care about me. And so like, I, I need that. And so that's how God's mm. talking to me. Like, yes. right. So Hannah told me that, you know, you did really great in your message. Well, that, I mean, that's God telling me that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I wouldn't get that if I wasn't surrounded by Jesus people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. God gives us all gifts and, and Jesus people, we're full of them. Everyone is, but sometimes we just don't have them able to unleash or understand, you know, encouragement, encouraging one of other is a gift from God that he gives us to do for each other. Yeah. And um, I... I guess that message too, I wanted to mention one thing when I was listening to it. I just thought it was really cool how he said that the social media or or the phone call or the seeing the, the friend's car, all these things are symptoms. They aren't the source. Yeah. And that really struck me because I was like, man, so many times we're so mad at Facebook or we're so mad at the likes or we're so mad at oh, why isn't society doing this differently? Yep. Because it makes me insecure. No, those are symptoms of something that the cause is. You know, if if you, you chop your foot off, you know, all of a sudden you start sweating and have all these things, you know, those are symptoms from your foot being chopped off. You right. you, you know, that's the cause. You, know, get, you don't get your foot chopped off. That's probably a bad metaphor. But well, I feel like it's perfect because you said you like grew up on a farm in Wrightstown, so yeah. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. you get caught in the thresher. Right, <laughs> right. These are symptoms from the cause. The main cause was this. Right. And the main cause is us not trusting God. And I know... In human relationships, when it comes to trust, it's hard because we can never really 
experience the same level of love that God has, but we get glimpses of it when we're with Jesus people and things. And um, so if you can trust a friend, right, if you really trust them with anything, um, that that is, uh, you know, you if your car goes in the ditch and and no one else is there, you know you can call that friend and they will show up. You know, having that trust doesn't just happen overnight with people. You know, there's things you go through to have that, um, to just know they're there no matter what. And not everyone has a person like that, but we all have a God like that. And to to know that trust, um, you have to be vulnerable. I I have found to, to really allow yourself to trust. Yeah. And um, when it comes to Jesus people, friends like you were saying, um, I've got both. I've got friends that love Jesus, and I can truly be myself around them, I've found. Like 100% of Hannah is someone who loves Jesus. And and so I love being able to share my love with Jesus and my stories and, and like, oh, my my goodness, he's been working in my life this way. I don't get to say that to my friends who don't understand. Right. You know, I, I can be a light and show them good ways and good things, and maybe someday through that I can impact them. But that's why it's so important to have friends that also love Jesus because then you can truly be you around them and, and fill each other up. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you on that, and the church tells us that all the time. Surround yourself with those Jesus friends. And make those your most important friendships you put the most time into because it's going to allow you to be that light for the people who, who don't aren't there yet, but maybe they can get there. From time to time, my, my son Isaiah, he'll ask me if I would do a trust fall. I don't know if you know what a trust fall is, but it's where you let yourself fall and you trust that the other person will catch you. (laughs) Trust me, I've never done it. And it's not because I don't think Isaiah has the strength or the ability to catch me. It's because I don't trust that he wouldn't think it was funny to just let me fall. (laughs) But guys, God's not a teenager who thinks it's funny to watch people fall. So trust him. Put all your weight on him. Cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Such a natural extension of what we just said, Mm -hmm. right? But like, because I wrote down this quote from you. Not everyone has a friend like that, meaning a friend that no matter what would come and get you out of a ditch or get you out of jail or whatever, right? Yeah. You didn't say jail, but I did. (laughs) But we all have a God like that. And like, that's how God loves us. Yeah. But for me growing up, I don't know that I had quite the experience that you did growing up in a in a traditional church. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I grew up like knowing that I needed to be afraid of God. Right. Oh. Like I just did never do something wrong, right? Because he's just waiting to punish you. Wow. And so make sure that you keep your nose clean, right? And your bed made and whatever mm-hmm. else, because you know, as though God's just waiting for me to screw up so that he can like drop, you know, a, a bomb on me or whatever, right? Yeah. And like I never, I never really grew up recognizing God as a friend. I always recognized God as just being a judge. And he is a judge. Don't hear me wrong. I mean, he's mm-hmm. in the end, we're all going to be judged. And he's a very just God. Right. 
But like he's not a just God that's waiting for us to fail. He's not like a mean judge that just can't wait to pass a sentence on you and send you to the, you know, electric chair. That's not that's not his hope. His hope is like, right. let's figure this out so like you don't ever have to go to the electric chair. Let's have it so like we can be friends and you can come to my house every weekend. Yes. Like that's the kind of God that we that we serve. Like he doesn't want any of us to perish or to die, you know? Yeah. He, he doesn't want that for any of us. And so like this is a revelation to me. This was like part of my revelation of, of you know, um, listening to Sean and just the culture at Life Church. Not that the Life Church is the only place that you have that, but just to find a church that tells me it's a, it's that way and not the other way. Yeah, like I need that. And maybe some people need fire and brimstone and need to be told that they're going to hell if they don't like. And I know that, but I'm I'm really clear on like what I can and can't do. It's not it's not blurry to me. Like I know that downtown we have this saying: <clears throat> love and love and go. Because I feel like when people were pushing Jesus as to what it took to like lead a Christian life or what it took to be a good believer or a good follower, mm. you know, or to follow God's commandments or to chase after God's heart, he said, listen, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you have to love your neighbors as yourself, even the ones you don't like, and you need to go and tell the nations the good news, right? Yeah. And so like love and love and go. And if I can just, if I can follow that roadmap, and I, I simplified it to love and love and go because I have a poor memory, but... If I can just do those three things, I don't have room in my life to do anything wrong. Yeah. Like if I if I truly care about you, like I would never do anything that would hurt you. I would never steal from you. I would never slander you. I would never, I would never do anything to hurt you. And really, that's yes. all that sin really is, right? Is is a is a hurtful or a harmful thing that we do to ourselves or do to somebody else. Yeah. That's all that sins are. They're not sort of rule book like you can't have fun anymore. If you're gonna be a Jesus person, you got to stop having fun. Everything that God says is like a sin or is that is a disappointment to him or all things that hurt ourselves or hurt others. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to live a life that hurts myself or hurts others. And so like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not a sinner, but if I start looking at it that way, rather than a rule book, then I know that God is for me and I can lean on him or I can stand on him. I can fall into his arms because I fall every day. Every day I screw this thing that I just set up. I said, I screw it up every day. Like I'll say something crappy to someone, like I'll be mean to someone because I'm a really sarcastic person. Mm. It was probably always like a defense mechanism because I needed to, I don't know, I was the youngest of six kids. I don't know, wow. whatever it was. And so like I was just knew that I needed to like, so I developed like a, a clever wit. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm smarter in that way than any of my brothers and sisters. They don't listen to this podcast because I don't know. But <laughs> if they did, they <laughs> anyway, but I feel like I developed that, that ability um, to be funny and snarky. And that's yes. so, and that's, and while that's a talent, it's not always a talent that people use for good. A lot of times people use that for evil. Sure. And so I'm trying to figure out what my point was. I'm just saying that I'm not, I'm, it's hard for me to follow love and love and go. I'm not always the most loving person. I grow short with people. I mm. lose my patience. I, you know, I'm not, but I'm better today than I was yesterday. Yes. You know, and I feel like that's what God wants from me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. Like, you know what God wants for you and, and that love and love and go, it speaks to you exactly how God wants to speak to you. Yeah. And that's what I found. God says words to me that hit me exactly how I need to hear them because he knows each of us down to your childhood, your six brothers and sisters. He's using your snarky wit for good now. And he's like, hey, this is a beautiful thing about you. This is intelligent. This is something I'm going to use to now bless you with. And um, I, I guess... The love and love and go, and what you said was beautiful. That's why, you know, when Jesus said, you know, the grace, greatest commandment of these is is to love one another as, as I have loved you, he wasn't saying the rest of the commandments don't matter. It was the fact that 
if you love the rest of the commandments simply happen. Right. That's it. And, and, uh, I, I know with the Bible too, um, I've been on my own journey, you know, with whether, Oh man, I did this and now I feel bad and now I'm being judged and I'm very hard on myself. So you actually spoke to me now, you know, just when you're feeling hard on yourself and, um, you know, just remember to do that trust trial with God and, and that on that trust fall idea too, I, I kind of was given like a an idea or an image in my head of mm-hmm. a room full of people, a room full of people, friends, family, strangers, out of all these people, and then there's God also in that room. You get to choose anybody out of that room who you want to actually do the trust fall with. I mean, you're going to choose God every time. Every time. To do that trust fall with. Your mom might be there, your dad, your some stranger was nice to you, or, you know, some friends— but in that room, every time you get to choose God and know, he's never going to think, he's He's going to do it. He's going to catch you every time you want to do that trust fall. And that kind of image, you know, and adding it to when you feel insecure is a great thing to lean back on. Oh, I'm feeling anxious and insecure. Remember that room and remember, okay, it's time for me to do this trust fall with God right now and be vulnerable to do that, yeah. to trust him. I love that. I love that picture because I feel like this goes back to that surrounding yourself with the right kind of people. Mm. Like if we all just envision the rooms of our lives, right? And you had to ask this question, like who would, who's the one person you would trust or who are the six people you would trust? Mm. With, you know, like, and if you do that inventory in your head, those are the relationships that you need to develop. Those are the, those are the relationships you need to invest your time and your energy in. Yeah. Not the ones that you think can get you something or get you somewhere or that can be an advantage to you. The thing you need to invest in are the people that you would pick to catch you. Yes. Because they've already – and you've picked those people because they've already proven that they can. Yes. And so, like, those are the people you should be investing in, the mm-hmm. people that – you know what I mean? So it's not always the things that you think are gonna they're going to be. It's, sometimes it's going to be like, I can't even believe this is the person I would add to my list of six, but they're in my six. Yeah, and so that's like, a good point. You know, so start pouring into them. Start investing in them and start investing in that relationship because, you know, if you give yourself that test, the room full of trust – Fallers, trust catchers. It's a room full of trust catchers, <laughs> right? And you come up with your six plus God, yeah. you know, then yeah. invest in those people. I, I love that. That's a good way to put it. And I think everyone can learn from that and think about that. What are you leaning on? Your job, your finances, your own ability to maneuver or manipulate your way out of the challenges that the enemy throws at you? I mean, no matter how smart you are or educated you are, how imaginative or intuitive you are, you are limited by your own knowledge or education, aptitude or understanding. I mean, do you know how many things you think you know that you don't really know? I mean, that's so me, right? Like, I just feel like, (laughs) I feel like I've got my handle on everything and I've got my handle on nothing, Mm. you know? And, um... And it's weird for me because, it, I mean, two segments ago, I talked to you about how, like, rife with insecurity I am. But there's so many times where I'll, like, I don't really even need to bother God with this right now. I got this. I'm in control. Mm. I can handle this myself. You know yeah. what I'm saying? As it applies to my business or my ministry or my family, I'll be like, you know, I've been doing this for whatever, right? So I think I've got this. I don't need to trouble God with it. Mm. As though God's only got a finite amount of time to help people. Like, it reminds me of that movie. 
with um, Jim Carrey and Jennifer Aniston, and he like took on like the power of God, like Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. Okay. Right. And so like, and like, so he gets like I don't know Bruce Almighty emails, right? And he's like all the emails yes. ever. You know what I mean? And so like, we kind of think that that's how God's dealing with us all, and like, how could he possibly have all the time? Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, God exists outside of the space and time you know, mm-hmm. that we live in, so it doesn't make sense to us. But like we're never going to be a bother to God by asking him for help, guidance, courage, yeah. strength in doing the things that we want to do. Like I don't know why if I if I have a wedding, right, as my job in my job as a photographer, why before I shoot every wedding, why am I not like taking 5 minutes in the car and just praying about the day? Like God, mm-hmm. like use me today, use me to like do a good job to your glory, use me today to be a positive uh, impact on people. Right. Yeah. And like, so that they see you and me and wonder what I've got that, that you've given me that they could have for themselves. Like, I don't know why I don't sit down and pray that every time. Yeah. Like, why don't I pray that every morning before I get out of bed? Yeah. You know? And so, like, He is our strength, He is our everything. And sometimes we think that we're just going to put our trust in ourselves. And mm-hmm. at least whenever I've done that, you know, it's never gone all the time great. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And and sometimes it gets so bad that it just, you know, finally gets so bad we, we realize, okay, the only way, it's very obvious, I don't got this. So then we <laughs> lean on God. But if yes. we just remember that all the time, um, we don't need to get to those places. And and hearing the pastor say, say those things, you know, about how we think we know a lot, but we don't, no matter whether, you know, now I'm I'm 29 or when I'm 80, I'm still going to have a, an abundance to learn from God. And I, I get really excited when I hear that because, um, you know, I love learning. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love adventures. And I feel like when I hear those words, like it reminds me, oh, thank goodness I don't know it all. Mm. Because how boring would life be if it was just what I understand right now? Yeah. But there's so much more to understand and know. And God wants us to know more. He always wants us to learn a little bit more about Him and get to know Him a little bit better all the time. But a lot of times, like you said, we have to, you know, ask Him. You know, He's just waiting there like, I really hope I get to be part of your day. Yeah. I really, really hope I get to bless you today. But sometimes we have to be like, hey, God, I invite you yes. to teach me today. Hey, what would you have me know today? Um, I invite you to love me today is a huge prayer I, I have learned for myself. Mm. Um, dealing with worthlessness and worthiness. Uh, I have found the moment I pray that every morning my whole day is blessed because I invite God to love me. And that's limitless. You know, love encompasses all those things. And I, I know, um, you know, that, you know, and asking him, just ask him, like, hey, Lord, I invite you to love me. I, I'd like you to show me throughout today, like, what would you have me know today? Um, in this area of my life, what is one thing that I can work on? And and those little prayers are actually life-changing prayers, especially if you remember to do them before work, yeah. in the morning, before your day. That's a great idea before you go into work today. For me, before I go into a gig, right. you know, and go sing for people, uh, to just pray that prayer like, hey, Lord, I invite you to use me today. Please show me how to be your light um, please teach me more about yourself through yeah. this today. Um, 
and boom. I, I mean, I'd be excited to see what happens after that. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, because, I, I mean, we talked about prayer a little bit earlier, about how God uses prayer to speak with us. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people have this idea of prayer a little bit mixed up. Like, where they either feel like it needs to be something that they can recite or, like, uh, speak from memory, right? Sure. Like, and that there's nothing wrong with those things. Mm-hmm. Um, or that that um, prayer is a time to ask for something. Like, I'm going to go to the hospital, I'm going to pray about this. Or I'm going to, yeah. you know, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill, so I'm going to pray about this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like God hears us in those times. Oh, yeah. But, like, <clears throat> uh, this week my uh, son, I have uh, four kids. My oldest son came up to visit from Mississippi. And um, he uh, he's a great kid. Um, and it, But it used to be whenever I would see him, he would always come and he would ask me for things like, Hey, can I have this? Can I borrow that? Can I mm. mostly money, but my, or my car, like not my whole car, but like using my car or, yeah. you know, whatever. And he's gotten better at that, but it still makes me think of that. Like as God, how, how tired he must be. Like if, if your only conversation with God is like when you're in trouble and you need to get out of trouble, if that's the only time you have a conversation with him, like I know that he hears us, yeah. but like how much greater would it be to like, like you said, God, I invite you to love me today. Yeah. You know? I'm, I feel stupid today. This is always my prayer. I feel stupid today. So like mm. be really blatant, you know, about how much you love me. Like just show me like as I'm not oh, paying attention. That's beautiful. Or, you know, and so I feel like if we pray more like that, we'd find a, a, a deeper and a more enriched relationship with him. One that isn't just like a mean dad waiting to punish us, but I still got to go ask him for this favor to like make sure mm. my cancer is gone or make sure. And I'm not trying to like diminish those things, but like he's not a fairy godmother. Like he's not yeah. a he's not a genie, you know. That we rub a lamp and you know ask him for things. He's a person, and the most loving person that's ever lived yeah. and or ever existed, I guess, or something. Anyway, mm-hmm. but like you know, and he wants to have that kind of relationship with us. He wants to have a friendship, father child relationship with us. Right. That's better than anything we ever have. He wants to be the one person we would pick in a room full of trust catchers. That mm-hmm. he's be the first one we would pick, and all the time, every day, you know. Going off of your your son and your relationship, I mean, just think about that. If if your child only comes to you when they need something, you said you'd feel tired. Yeah. But, you know, what you'd hope that to be is, man, I get to be part of my son's day every day. We we spend intimate time together. We get to go, you know, whether your hobbies, you spend your hobbies together, golfing, or you have talks on the phone that are meaningful. Um, he goes to you um, to tell you, oh, this amazing thing happened in my life, Dad. I just can't wait to show you. Um, Or, oh, Dad, hey, look, I I made this beautiful meal. Will you come over and share it with me? You know, that kind of a relationship, you know, you could think of the most beautiful family relationship. That is exactly what what our Father wants with us, too. You want that with your children. Our, Our Father wants that with us. Yeah. He doesn't want that empty relationship where we just come to him when we're in need. Um, you know, he'll still be there for that, but he wants so, to bless us and be part of our life so much more because he has way more to give than just those little things. Yeah, and that's what they are to him, right? Like that's nothing for God to like do these things that we're ruining our lives over, that we're ruining our days or our weeks or our months over. Like how am I ever going to get over this? How is this ever going to get fixed? And it's mm. – it's nothing for God to fix those things. And like, yeah. he doesn't always fix them. 
like I, I've I've run my ship aground quite a bit in my life. Like I feel like I've you know yeah. I've crash landed a number of times, and like you know I don't always not crash land with God by my side, but like I always crash land in like a, a really great place, <laughs> you know. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, this worked out really great. It didn't work how I thought it was going to work, but like mm-hmm. actually it might be actually better. Like it hurt. I was scared. Yeah. I broke a leg. You know what I mean? But yeah. like in the end, I'm like I'm better off than I was before, and that's that's the. I wanted to say that's the magical part of God, but even that makes it sound so small. Like mm. that's just like the wonder for me about his love for me. Right. You know? But friends, his question hits at the heart of one of life's biggest decisions. Will we believe that God is good even when life's not? Will we believe that God is good even when we don't understand? Will we trust his process and his plan even when we don't understand it? Or are we going to lean on our own understanding? Yeah, trust, I mean. Yeah. When I I tell this story a lot, I hope I never told it on this podcast before, but um, I was going through like a really crappy time, like this super duper crappy time. And, um, my wife, um, my wife sent me to Carolina because there was a couple of things happening there that are big things to me. One was, um, there was the Cheerwine festival, not a wine, but Cheerwine is like this soda. Okay. Oil, like in like Carolina. Um, it's like, it's, it's almost exactly like cherry Dr. Pepper, except just extra cherry. Okay. And so I love cheer wine. Like I love it. Love, 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 love it. Anyway, there's this big cheer wine festival that they had. And so she was like, you should totally go to the cheer wine festival. I'm like, okay. And then I found out there was like a big Volkswagen bus festival. And that's another thing for me. Like I really love old Volkswagen buses. And so like, I was like, I'm going to totally do that. And then like Billy Graham's museum was in that same town and like all this other stuff happened. So I went there for a long weekend to do all these things. But then on Sunday, I knew that I wanted to visit, which was a new place for me. I didn't know about it at the time. Now it's since become a really big deal. But I wanted to go see Elevation Church, right? Because it was this, you know, Mm -hmm. Stephen Furtick. And um, they had like a main campus that was out in the suburbs. But they had this like converted church downtown, like their city center branch of it. I really wanted to see that because that's a thing for me is, you know, inner city churches that are. Anyway, so. I went to Elevation and they did a song that's old now. It's called Do It Again, right? Where, you know, the lyrics are like, I, I look around me and I thought for sure this whole thing would be down by now. All these walls, everything would just be a wreck by now. Mm. But I've, I've come to realize that every time I go through crappy things, you come through and I believe that you're going to do it again. Like, I believe that you're going to move mountains again. I believe that you're going to, you know, do all this stuff again because you've done it every other time. Yeah. And and that's really where that trust thing comes from. Like this, you know, like we talked about in your room full of trust catchers, right? Yes. Like you'd pick the six people that have proven that they would do that already. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I love that about my God. Like, yeah. I'm not going to trust on my own understanding. I'm going to trust on the fact that I've seen you do it before and why wouldn't you do it again? Yeah. Like I'm never going to understand how God works. There's people that always challenge my faith on social media. Like I feel like there's a couple of people that always come at me. Like that's you mm. believe the most ridiculous thing. Like rah 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 rah. And I won't mm. always be able to explain it. Right. But then I go back to this idea. Like, but then I don't know that I want to like worship and follow and chase after a God that I do understand. Like I that are or that I can explain. Yeah. If He's small enough to fit in my head. He's not that great. Like, I mean, I've got a big head, but like, I, I feel like it's not like, I don't want a God that I've got that I can, I can fully comprehend because yeah. that means now it's a God that I can create. 
And a God that I can create doesn't have dominion over his creation. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I need that. I need that kind of, like, cosmic, you know, power. Like, I feel like that's from Aladdin, too. Like, um, but I feel like, (laughs) uh, like, I need that. I need someone that's bigger than me. And I'm not going to be able to explain someone that's bigger than me, you know? And so that's why Mm -hmm. I need to, like, not rely on my own understanding. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's maybe one of the hardest things to do. Like you said, it all comes down to that one thing, but it can be the biggest thing the devil's trying to distract us from, you know, leaning on God and knowing that we don't know everything about him can be really, really hard. But you can remind yourself of those times where, you know, I didn't understand him, but he was there. I didn't understand him, but he loved me. I didn't understand him, but he showed up for me. You know, maybe it's not about how smart I am and how much I understand. It's about the fact that I can be vulnerable with God and and honor the fact that he is that smart. And, And if I want, he will show himself little by little by little to me more and more and more. And even though he is complex and I'll never understand all of them, at least I can understand a little bit more about him. You know, when you were a kid, you you were only told about this fire and brimstone, um, powerful God. But he is, although he is those things, he is also tender, yep. loving, um, caring, patient, kind. Um, and without all of that, you you know, he he wanted so badly to show you, I'm sure, all those years. I actually, I love you. Hey, this isn't how I want you to live. Um, So even though now that you know that about him, there's still so much more he wants to show to you about himself. But to to get to know God a little bit more and more throughout our lives is part of our journey. Yeah. Um, and and it is it's hard to give your life to somebody you don't feel like you 100% understand. But when you do, I think that you'll you'll get exactly what you said. Those hard times you're going to end up on a beautiful beach. Right. You're going to see those things and then it's it's the beautiful thing about trust is that you don't need to have all of it understood. You just need to know that you can trust God. And and I'm here and you're here to tell people, we know you can trust God. God says it in his truth in his book, you can trust me. Yep. And so give it a shot. Right, that's it. And I love I love what you said there about um, God revealing himself to us. And it's not like, it's not it's, he's not holding back on his end. Mm-hmm. Because he's complex, because he works weird. Like sometimes we don't even know. And like the the... Him revealing himself to us isn't like he's not controlling that. It's not like um, you know, like he's he's got it like on a restrictor, I right? Try to, like you know, like a in NASCAR, like they have restrictor plates that kind of keep you at a certain level. And so God doesn't have a restrictor plate. But if we don't have a clear picture of God, it's only because we don't recognize God. Sometimes, like if we see something for the first time, like if you see something. I don't know, you go somewhere, you're like, what in the world is that? And you find mm. out that it's this thing. And then now every time you see that thing, you're, oh, I know what that is. That's a thingamabob, right? Yeah. But the first time you see a thingamabob, you have no idea what that is. Mm. And so, like, it, the thingamabob was always there. You just didn't know it was called a thingamabob, and you didn't know what the thingamabob did. Mm. You didn't know why it was called a thingamabob. And that's how God reveals himself to me. Like, I didn't know about God's thingamabob for a second. Right? Mm. But now that I've seen it and I've seen how it works, like, oh. And then you find out that there's a thingamabob 
Betty, right? There's a thing about Bob and a thing about <laughs> Betty, right? And so there's this thing that's just like the thing about Bob, but it's like this. And so like that's how God reveals Himself to me. Oh, and yeah. so the more I pour myself into trying to figure out this guy, it's like we talked about the trust catchers. Mm-hmm. Spend time and energy investing in those relationships, and when I do that with God, like my primary trust catcher, then I find out that He's got a thing about Bob, a thing about Betty. The thing about Bob and Betty, they had like little kids, and there's yeah. like a bunch of. You know, don't get caught up in the thing about Bob's. I'm just saying there's a bunch of facets of God that we don't recognize because we don't know what they were. Yeah. But then we could look back and say, this whole time, God's been doing this. Mm. This whole time, he's been revealing himself to me. I just didn't know that it was a thing about Bob. Yes. I just thought it was a coincidence, or I just thought it was like luck, or I just thought it was you know, karma or something. And it turns out the whole time, God's been there. Like, hey, I'm over here, but you couldn't hear him, or you couldn't see him because you didn't know what you were listening to or you know, looking at. You know? Yeah. And, so. and that's kind of the whole idea of the world's truth versus the actual truth, right? When we say the world, we mean um, things that aren't true, things that are lies, but that we're kind of fed to believe as a truth. You know, oh, that's just karma or that, oh, that's just this. Those are things we've been taught and that we've started to believe. And then when we finally realize, oh, no, like, you know, God's truth is this and this is actually all the time true matter what now i see oh those things that i thought it was this it actually was this and i think that you know the devil really tries hard for us not to see that he really wants to distract us with these things that seem like they could be true they're almost true all the time and those are distracting us from the actual truth that breeds joy and and um that confidence more so like that peace, just that peace and joy all the time so that you are free from uncertainty yeah. and the which is anxiety, right? Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we could talk for like another forty five minutes. Oh goodness. Yeah. Yes. But we don't have that kind of time. So hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you were fantastic. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. Thanks I for having me. I thought you did so, so here. good. Yeah, that was really, really, really good. Thanks. So, um, yeah. So, if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it. If you would uh, um, share it with friends that you think might benefit from hearing these words or uh, give us a rating or a review. The more ratings and reviews and subscriptions you do, um, the more people find out uh, about this podcast. And so we'd love it for people to hear more about the positive things that God can do in our lives and the way that he is our number one choice as a trust catcher for us. So anyway, Hannah, thanks uh, for being here today. Um, I'd love it if you came back again another time. I'd love that too. So this airs on Wednesday. Are you planning anywhere this weekend nearby where people can come and see you play? I believe I'm in two rivers this weekend. But yep, I'm all over. Yeah. All the time. You can always just Google Hannah Rose yep. uh, and find out where she's at and how she plays and, and uh, where you can see her uh, or follow her on the Facebook. Yeah. So Good old Facebook. anyway, that's it. Thanks for joining us for Chewing That. I'll talk to you again next time.